Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Ida Waringa in Nairobi, Kenya, and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we catch up on the latest on the preparations for the 2021 Africa Cup of Nations in Cameroon. Also, we have a special report from Cameroon as we hear more about Samuel Eto'o's appointment as president of the Cameroon Football Association. Cameroon football has been clamoring for a sportsman to be at the helm. That's coming later. Lots to on the English Premier League as Arsenal suspend Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang and strip him of the captaincy with rumours that he might even be on his way out of the club. Can the Gunners do without the Gabon star? And are Manchester City now the clear favourites to take the title after their 7-0 demolition of Leeds? So lots on the show today as always and just three weeks now to the start of the 2021 Africa Cup of Nations finals in Cameroon kicking off on the 9th of January and as Passion for Sport will be bringing you a daily show on the Nations Cup it's called Cameroon Roars focusing on all the excitement and you'll be able to listen online and on various stations around Africa and beyond. So very excited about this Cameroon Roars every day throughout the Africa Cup of Nations. And preparations continue for the 24 teams participating. Nigeria finally parted ways with coach Gernot Rohr after an unhappy time in charge for the German coach. Uh, Rohr was fired with the Nigeria Football Federation feeling he'd created a toxic environment in the team. So the technical director, Augustin Egwavan, will be the interim coach for the Nations Cup. He's a former Super Eagles defender. This will be his third spell as Nigeria coach. And Guinea and Sudan have named caretaker coaches for the tournament. Kaba Jawara will continue as Guinea's interim coach. He played for Arsenal and Paris Saint-Germain and for the Guinea national team. Uh, Jawara had taken over temporarily after French coach Didier Cisse was fired in October. And Berhan Tia replaces Hubert Veloud in charge of Sudan. Uh, Veloud, who's from France, was fired after a poor performance at the Arab Cup. Uh, Tia has 26 years of coaching experience in the Sudanese league. So the Africa Cup of Nations just three weeks away now and the speculation about the tournament being postponed continued throughout the week even as the CAF General Secretary Varon Mosengo Omba arrived in Cameroon to join the CAF team preparing there. And only fans who've been fully vaccinated against COVID-19 and have proof of a negative test in the run-up to a match can attend games. Uh, this decided on Thursday. This is one of the outstanding issues ahead of the Nations Cup. And a Supersport and Sky Sports have bought TV rights to broadcast all 52 games. And a BBC Sports said this week they'll screen 10 of the matches. Uh, this good news for CAF and for football fans, especially in Africa, where there's been very little African football broadcast on Supersport around the continent since the 2019 Africa Cup of Nations. Uh, good news for the fans and for CAF as well, Ida. Absolutely, Steve. This is a really big win for CAF and uh, President uh, Motsepe in his manifesto, you know, of course, prior to getting elected, 
talked about making African football global and, you know, tapping into his vast networks to do so. And look, in a few months, we have this deal. Now, the numbers aren't out on how much this or the super sport uh, broadcast deals are worth. But look, CAF has delivered, you know, from virtually no continental football on TV for what, two years, maybe to having the African beamed by one of the biggest broadcasters globally. I mean, hate the current regime or love it. There is no denying this one. And, uh, of course, no denying Sky Sports poll or attraction to the African as well. You know, about 40 English Premier League players, Steve, from at least 15 clubs are set to feature in uh, the showpiece. And at the end of the day, having a broadcaster like Sky does up the profile of the tournament, no doubt. So despite a certain Liverpool coach <laughs> trying to downplay the relevance of the Nations Cup, I do think that recent happenings have proven him wrong, maybe. <laughs> but it also does have to be said that in terms of developments to do with COVID, Steve, then, you know, the Afghan, frankly, could not be coming at a worse time. I mean, the the Omicron variant has the world on edge. And with looming shutdowns speculated in just so many places across the world, this really is the worst possible time within, I would estimate, maybe the last year at least to hold a tournament. But look, as Kaf said, the show must go on. And uh, I very much doubt that all the work that has been put in, you know, broadcast deals included, is only for CAF to pull out or cancel at the last minute. So things continuing to be put in place ahead of the Africa Cup of Nations in Cameroon. Uh, still some doubts over the release of players, as the European Club Association wrote to FIFA, saying that uh, CAFA should make sure that each and every player's well-being is properly protected. Although that news about uh, COVID tests for fans, uh, I think, will help uh, with that condition. Uh, secondly, the clubs uh, are not forced to be without players for club competition matches. And third, that all players resume their activities with their clubs following national duty in a timely fashion. We'll continue to follow that one in our build-up to the Africa Cup of Nations here on Planet Sport Football Africa. The show brought to you by Passion for Sport. And the big news last weekend was that four-time African Footballer of the Year, Samuel Eto, is the new president of the Cameroon Football Association. Eto, who's 40, has promised a wide range of reforms and to build new stadiums. He's one of a small number of African legends to become FA presidents, Zambia's Kalusha Bwalia among them. With more on this, here's Planet Sport Football Africa's NGA Eno with this special report from Yaoundé. There was exhilaration across the major streets of Cameroon after Samuel Eto won the elections to become the 17th president of the country's football federation, Fikafoot. Eto, Cameroon's all-time leading scorer and former captain of the Indomitable Lions, polled 43 of the 74 votes with the incumbent and fourth vice president at the Confederation of African Football, Seydum Bombon Joya, picking up 31 votes. Prior to the polls, the four-time African Player of the Year had promised a wave of reforms that include constructing more than 10 stadiums nationwide, doubling the subventions given to clubs, and establishing an annual $70,000 scheme for the training of sports reporters with the elections beamed to millions via a live broadcast on national TV, 
Eto'o's triumph was met with great excitement and expectations. Well, I feel so well because today football spoke to people. Things will change. We are just asking to have a new vision in our football. Uh, with what we have seen, we are going to a new football. Uh, we are going with a new generation with Samir Eto'o. Cameroon football has been clamoring for a sportsman to be at the helm. And I think after more than a decade of having Cameroonian football being taught in the courts rather than on the pitches, Cameroon football is having a new dawn. I expect so much from Mr. Samuel too. I'm so happy because I think that it was a democratic election. Now people can imagine that in federation with Samuel Eto will grow up and up and up. I believe I am going to see football on the pitch now in a different perspective in the sense that we shall have more fans. We shall have a Cameroonian professional league whereby we will have a cross-section of sponsors and who would consequently be compared to other leagues to the likes of Egypt, South Africa, Nigeria, just to name a few. No sooner had Eto been voted that several club presidents in Cameron's championship pledged their support to him with the hopes that his promises of returning the country's top and second-tier leagues to its glory days come to fruition. Polycap Kemeni is the president of Union of Douala, the first expectation is for him to implement the program he showed to football lovers and also to work on the environment of our football to bring calm, to bring everybody together so that football should be played on calm, not more in offices. If the excitement around the new Fekafoot Bureau is understandable, it shouldn't cloud the task ahead. Former FC Barcelona, Inter Milan and Chelsea striker Samuel Eto'o is taking over a sport that's not only cash-strapped, but rocked by internal power tussles. Since 2013, Cameroon's football federation, Ficafoot, has spent more than $2 million on court cases. Former Cameroon international Michel Caham, who played the 1982 World Cup and football financier Ago Oliver, have been suggesting what Eto needs to do to get his four-year term right. So you need to bring all those guys around the football so they can sponsor our football, to give more chances to all those things to work. We need to see all we are. I think that Samuel is bringing into the football enterprise, business people, maybe we have more money, and then we spend that money to build our football. Change is uh, something that many people don't want. The change is sometimes also very necessary. I think one of the greatest things that I expect to see them do is to unite the divided football family that we have in Cameroon to bring everybody on board because football is the only unifying factor that we have in this country. They should engage first on reconciliation, but I feel that the new team that is headed by Sanway Etofis should be able to reconcile the divided football family that we have in Cameroon. On Monday, during a first meeting with the staff of the Football Federation, the new Supremo of Cameroonian football, Samuel Eto, reiterated that he needs everyone to invest fully for the resurgence of the game. The day after, the gates to Cameroon's football house were closed at 8 a.m., while those who showed up to work late were simply asked to return home, a firm decision which the president of Cameroon's Football Federation, Samuel Eto, hopes will demonstrate his firm conviction of transforming football in Cameroon for the next four years. Right, so starting uh, with some uh, discipline uh, in the uh, Cameroon FA offices is uh, Samuel Eto. That special report from Yaoundé from Planet Sport Football Africa's and GA Eno. 
so Ida sounds exciting and challenging at the same time.、Uh, can Eto deliver? And、uh, many fans around Africa feel that these legends do have the potential to be a breath of fresh air,、uh, to use their vast experience and to take football forward in their countries. Uh, well, Kalusha Bwalia had limited success at the Football Association of Zambia. How might this work out for Eto? And do we need more of these legends running football? Well, it's been a question for the ages, Steve. Do good footballers, you know, make good administrators? And I mean, on one hand, there is the argument, you know, that only a footballer knows what another footballer wants. But on the other hand, Mata's administration off the pitch are a totally, totally different ball game. And、uh, Etor's appointment also came at quite the significant time because, look, it's just a few weeks until kickoff at the Afghan. And、uh, I don't know if you remember Etor coming out with the Afghan trophy. In Egypt in the 2019 final, and Steve, now that I actually think about it, I mean, who knew that an odd two and a half years later, you know, he'd be coming out as a Fekafoot president in the host nation of the tournament? You know, it's a、uh, really, really amazing stuff. But as、uh, Njia's report said, the initial buzz and excitement, Steve, shouldn't cloud people's eyes about the enormous work ahead. I mean. Football in Cameroon has been in a myriad of corruption, normalization committees, intervention by FIFA. I mean, we're just talking about the 2019 final,、uh, Afghan final in Egypt. That should have been in Cameroon, remember, before it was moved to Egypt. And、uh, I think even before building more stadia, and you know, I would like to know actually under whose responsibility that falls in Cameroon. Is it the is it the football association, Fekafoot in this case? Is it the government or both? You know. But that aside, I think before you know building more stadium, more infrastructure, he should first deal with more pertinent things on the ground. And、uh, it's also speculated that Etor has been in good books, you know, with the powers that be, you know, globally, continentally. So hopefully, he can use this to the advantage of Cameroon's football. Steve Etor's social media has been rife, you know, showing that he. And his team are already at work. I mean, you've heard GSA in his report as well. So let's just hope it continues. And I will be curious, on a bit of a side note, to see whether that annual seventy thousand dollars for training of、uh, sports reporters will be implemented. Yes, so we'll see how it goes for Samuel Eto. Thanks, Ida. Asking for your thoughts on this on social media this week. Do we need more African legends running football?、Uh, so the four-time African footballer of the year, Samuel Eto, is the new president of the Cameroon Football Association.、Uh, not many African legends have become FA presidents. Zambia's Kalusha Bwalia is、uh, one of them.、Uh, so what do you think? Do you think that we need more former international players to be running football around Africa?、Uh, And their vast experience, or will they struggle with the politics of football and maybe with lack of management skills as well? You can get in touch on our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. Tell us what you think there, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Do we need more African legends running football? 
Well, this is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. Still to come, Stuart on the English Premier League, also on Liverpool star Mohamed Salah, failing to make the 23-man squad for the FIFA FIFPro Men's World Award. You can follow us on Twitter at Planet Sport FA. You can download our app and listen to the show anytime and also access past programs in our archive. To download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. And that big news again as Passion for Sport will be bringing you a daily show on the Africa Cup of Nations called Cameroon Roars. You'll be able to listen online and on various stations around Africa and beyond. That's Cameroon Roars every day throughout the Africa Cup of Nations and much more on our social media throughout the Nations Cup as well. That's on Twitter at Planet Sport FA, our Facebook page Planet Sport Football Africa and our website is planetsport.tv and the app is a very good way to listen to the show uh, during the Africa Cup of Nations. Also on our WhatsApp, uh, if you go to our profile, you can access the show there and have a listen. Right to social media now. Last week we asked what needs to be done at Barcelona as the five-time European champions missed out on the knockout stages of the Champions League for the first time in 17 years and are down in seventh now in La Liga. So we asked what can be done to stop Barca's decline. Should they stay with new coach and club legend Xavi? To the need to sort out their finances? To the need someone to replace Lionel Messi who moved to Paris Saint-Germain? And do you think they can bounce back? With your comments, here's Planet Sport Football Africa's Ash Tekiwa. Thanks, Steve. We start on Twitter and Koba the Dread, a Ghanaian living in the UK, says, I don't understand why they didn't go for Antonio Conte when he was available. Yes, and Conte is now the Tottenham coach, of course. On Facebook, Julian Bateba in the DR Congo took a stab at Barcelona saying, Welcome to the Europa League. This is their missing out on the knockout stage of the Champions League this time. But Onyeka Waja, Waja Okafor in Ghana is disappointed saying, They are not doing well since Messi left the team. I will advise them to give Xavi time to build the team again. I'm a proud Barca fan. I've never supported any other team other than Barca. But right now, they have to really look for solutions very fast. Otherwise, the worst will happen to them, says Onyeka. Yaya Diba in the Gambia is another big fan. Well, to me, Barcelona will be in the top four in the Liga, says Yaya. They need to stay with Xavi because looking at how they are playing, the problem is the scoring, and they need to sign top strikers, despite the financial situation, says Yaya. Dante in Nigeria agrees that Xavi should stay as coach. And Fire Asan in the Gambia also says they have to give Xavi time to build the team. And Dante adds that the club has to sell some players to be able to buy other top-class players, as this team right now cannot go anywhere. Charlie Ewart in Scotland got in touch and said, why doesn't the media just leave Barcelona alone? Let them rebuild their team in peace, because their former president overspent big time, and now they are paying for it big time. Yes, it was reported in August that Barcelona president Johan Laporta revealed that the club was $1.5 billion in debt, saying that at the time, club salaries represented 103% of income. And on WhatsApp... And Ernest in Rwanda says, bring Erling Haaland to the club, although would be an expensive option. And finally, Bolong Baji in the Gambia says, I think Xavi lacks winning experience. 
not quality players, but he can still revisit his tactics. So Steve, Barcelona fans seem to have faith in Xavi, but their finances are an issue of concern for fans, as some believe that big-name signings are a must. Yes, and uh, where's the money going to come from and how long will it take uh, Barcelona to uh, bounce back? Uh, certainly some fans there still sticking by their club and uh, feeling hopeful. Thanks, Ash. That's a Planet Sport Football Africa's Ash Tekiwa. Thanks to everyone who got in touch. Right next here on Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport, to Stuart Weir, our European football expert in the UK. And we're in the busy Christmas period now, and COVID-19 is causing chaos, with five fixtures having been called off by Thursday. Uh, can this be kept under control, Stuart? Well, Steve, if you know the answer to that, please tell our government. If the Omicron variant of COVID is growing rapidly throughout the whole of Europe and it's certainly affecting football. It was reported last week that 42 Premier League players and staff had tested positive and that is the highest recorded number in any week since testing began 18 months ago. And now in addition, our government has just introduced a new regulation requiring fans to provide a vaccination certificate or evidence of a recent negative test if they're going to attend a game. And it's a long way from being normal, and it doesn't look like getting better anytime soon. Yes, so we hope for the best with football, and more importantly with the health situation all around the world. And in the English Premier League, a massive 7-0 win for Manchester City over Leeds on Tuesday. Uh, Looking ominous now, Stuart, could it be another title coming for the citizens? Four days previously, Leeds had lost to Chelsea only with a last-minute penalty, and then Manchester City put seven past them. And City certainly are now looking at class above the rest. But what about Leeds United? Last year newly promoted and finishing ninth in the Premier League, but this week losing that, not just losing, but losing 7-0, leaving them in 16th place, just two places above relegation. And I just wonder what that hammering will do to the confidence of Leeds United. But of course, Leeds championships and relegation are not settled in one game, but over a season. But, you know, I think that that was a very significant game. And similarly, Watford away to Brentford, where Watford were leading 1-0 well into the second half. And now, Watford had started four points behind Brentford and a win would have closed that gap and given Watford confidence and left Brentford, I'm afraid, quite towards the bottom of the the table. But then the two late goals which won the game for Brentford just reversed all that. Brentford are now seven points clear of Watford and in the top half of the table, while Watford are just above the relegation places. So I think that could be a very telling game for both Brentford and for Watford. And Steve, I just need to mention that last week I said that Jordan Ayew had gone 22 games without scoring. Well, he was obviously listening because he scored against Southampton in midweek. Yes, well done to Jordan Ayew, scoring in Crystal Palace's 2-2 draw with Southampton. Uh, So Arsenal were without Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang in their 2-0 win over West Ham on Wednesday. Aubameyang was suspended by manager Mikel Arteta and then stripped of the captaincy following a series of disciplinary breaches. Arteta wouldn't comment on what happened last weekend, but it appears that Aubameyang came back late from a trip out of the country. 
Uh, but a bold move to drop such a big player, Stuart. Yes, it first broke at the weekend when it was simply said that he was not in the squad for the game at home to Southampton. And as you say, Arteta would only say it was a breach of club discipline. But we understand that the player had permission to go to France to visit his mother. Permission was granted for him to make the visit, but he had to return to England on Wednesday. And he did not return till Thursday and missed training on Thursday, as a result of which uh, Arteta left him out of the squad for the second consecutive game. And this is not the first time that Aubameyang has been disciplined for unauthorised absences. And then, uh, just before their midweek game with West Ham, Arsenal released a statement saying, following his latest disciplinary breach, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang will no longer be our club captain and he's also not being considered for selection for Wednesday's game with West Ham. We expect all our players, and particularly our captain, to work to the rules and standard we have all agreed. And the way it was done made it a really serious matter, leaving the player publicly humiliated. And there's already speculation that he will leave the club in the January window. The only problem is that he's extremely well paid and may struggle to find another club which will match his wages, which are well in excess of $1 million per month. And of course he is 32. Having twice scored 20 league goals in a season for Arsenal, he has now reached mid-December with only four to his name this season. But it would be a really sad end to a distinguished career if his inability to keep to his commitments with regard to uh, timescale of permitted absences brings to an end his time in the Premier League. But, you know, Arsenal have a certain tradition with captains. The previous captain, Granit Xhaka, lost the captaincy over a disciplinary issue. Before that, Laurent Koscielny went on strike. Before that, Per Metesecker stood down through injury. And before Metesecker, the Arsenal captain was a certain Mikel Arteta, I'm sure that name rings a bell. Uh, yes, and Arteta losing patience with Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. It uh, would be sad uh, indeed if Aubameyang, the Gabon star, were to leave Arsenal this way. And another controversy this past week was Liverpool star Mohamed Salah failing to make the 23-strong squad for the FIFA FIFA Pro Men's World Eleven for 2021. The Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp is among those who believe that Salah is the best player in the world right now. But the FIFA Pro Award, which uh, sees players around the world nominating their outstanding players, uh, got 19,000 votes from 69 different countries. And Mohamed Salah not making the top 23. Uh, what do you make of that, Stuart? Well, you know, the BBC legendary commentator John Motson had a phrase, football is a game of opinions. And who are the best 23 players in the world? It's a matter of opinion. But I simply do not understand how Salah can be omitted from the long list. He's been outstanding this season, scoring regularly, as well as scoring arguably the two best goals in the world this year. But as I looked at the list, there have been a number of strange choices. For example, there are six midfield players, and four of them are from the Premier League, and two from Chelsea. That does seem a little bit unbalanced. And going back to Salah, Romelu Lukaku has been included, but his scoring record is nothing like Salah. 
And when you look at Neymar, Messi and Benzema included and Salah not, it looks to me that a lot of votes have been cast on reputation rather than on current form and achievements this season. I just don't understand it, Steve. Yeah, that's totally baffling indeed. And uh, what else have you got for us, Stuart? Last weekend, Steve, referees were giving penalty kicks as if they were going out of fashion, with Manchester United, Manchester City and Liverpool all winning 1-0 with a second-half penalty. Brentford beat Watford with a penalty in stoppage time. Leicester had a penalty. The Chelsea-Leeds game, there were three successful penalties, including Chelsea's winner in the 94th minute. Now, it may just be coincidence, but when the equivalent of VAR was introduced into cricket, it was said that the officials suddenly had the confidence to give strong decisions because in most cases the TV replay supported them. And if they did make a mistake, it could be rectified. And I'm wondering if referees suddenly have more confidence in giving the borderline penalty decision because in most cases VAR will support them. And the statistics are interesting. In the first year of the Premier League uh, 92-93 season, 91 penalties were awarded, one every five games. And last season, 125 penalties, or more than one every four games. Yes, so the VAR leading to more penalties in the English Premier League by the looks of it. Let's see how many we get this weekend. Thanks a lot, Stuart. That's it for the show for this week. So from me, Steve Vickers, and Ash Tikiwa in Harare, from Ida Waringa in Nairobi, and from Stuart Weir in the UK, thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.